It's Halloween! So let's talk about Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> Focus 2 is the story of three child-free witches who are foiled by their hatred for and desire to steal the youth of children. The original and the sequel stars Bette Midler, Kathy Najimny, and Sarah Jessica Parker as the Sanderson sisters. Are they a 30s-swinging girl band trio? No, they are a family of witches, and we meet them in the 1700s as they're about to murder a little girl for her youth. They do the murder and are tried and sentenced to death by hanging for being witches, and are summoned back to the realm of the living on Halloween in 1993 by some children. Wackiness ensues. I hadn't watched the first Hocus Pocus in roughly 20 years or so, and it's dark. Who let me watch that movie as a child? What the fuck? The sequel, Hocus Pocus 2, is pretty similar. The witches are summoned back to life again on Halloween, and wackiness ensues. Lessons are learned, yada, yada, yada. So what can we learn about single and child-free women from the Hocus Pocus franchise? Let's start by going back and taking a look at the history of witches. Not a terribly deep look, but let's look at how witches came to be feared. And I'm not going to talk about real witches, meaning people who practice Wicca or describe themselves as witches. I'm talking about the women that were accused of being witches, persecuted for witchcraft, lost their lives for being perceived as witches. I am sure there's an overlap between those two, but I want to examine how the word witch has been used to harm women and how we can take back the word, even if we're not practicing witches. The idea of the witch goes way back with references found in the Bible. The Holy Bibli. But these witches were usually positive figures in their community. They were healers. They were wise and learned women. But then some men got to thinking, the church such a positive force, shouldn't the church be the one to heal people? They often saw the results the wise women or witches produced and were suspicious. How were they so good? How were they so much better than what they had to offer? Wasn't the only good one God? The Malleus Maleficarium. Malleus Maleficarum. The Malleus Maleficarum, the treatise on witchcraft, was written by the German Catholic Church in 1483. Before this book, accusations of witchcraft were rare and punishments for witchcraft were light. After the book, that's a different story. Here's a quote directly from Wikipedia. The Malleus elevates sorcery to the criminal status of heresy and recommends that secular courts prosecute it as such. The Malleus suggests torture to effectively obtain confessions, and the death penalty is the only certain remedy against the evils of witchcraft. Witch hunting was a way to defend Christianity. Both Catholics and Protestants tried to wipe out witchcraft. How did they know who to accuse of witchcraft? They had the book, so it must have been easy to spot witches, right? Here are some of the traits that they were looking for when they were trying to identify a witch. An older woman with no family, an unmarried woman, a combative woman, an odd woman, an ill-tempered woman, a woman who was too smart, and a woman who was too promiscuous, among many more. How convenient. Things happen that you don't understand? Blame the witches. I mean, you don't question your own limited knowledge of how the world works. Just blindly accuse marginalized women and women you just don't like of being the sole cause of your crops failing or your cattle falling ill, and then punish them for it. That will surely stop famine and disease. It was easier to accuse a woman of acting inappropriately or acting like a witch because there were so many laws, rules, and social mores that women were expected to adhere to. It was just easier for a woman to misbehave, and it was so easy to accuse someone of being a witch. What witch really meant was weird, and policing witchcraft was just a way to control women. The Sanderson sisters of the Hocus Pocus franchise are weird women. 
They are unmarried. They dress differently than everyone else. They eat spiders, flirt, speak up for themselves, and they are cast out, shunned, and vilified. Minimal spoilers, but this movie's pretty hard to spoil. It's standard Disney family movie fare. The most interesting thing about the movies are the Sanderson sisters themselves. They're colorful, costumey, campy, and cartoony. They're too bold to exist in the fairly realistic world they inhabit. Part of that reality is how the sisters are treated, especially via looksism, but also ageism. Hag! There are not enough children in the world to make thee young and beautiful. Ugly, vile, hag, old. The good characters sling these insults at the Sanderson sisters throughout the movie, and their words are framed as some kind of very clever triumph. These insults seem to slide right off the back of the sisters, while also being completely internalized by Winifred, played by Bette Midler especially. The entire reason they are killing children, the inciting incident for the whole movie and franchise of movies, is because they want to be young and beautiful. Because people call them old and ugly. So maybe... If the villagers of Salem wanted the Sanderson sisters to stop killing their children, they should have learned to value women for more than their looks and youth. Oh. Oh wait, I'm getting word that this is still almost impossible to get today. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. One of the reasons this movie's become such a classic is because Sarah, Mary, and Winifred are interesting villains. They are so much fun to watch. They care deeply about their goal of murdering children, which isn't great, I'll admit. They care deeply about each other. They're goofy. The good guys are kind of boring. They just want everything to go back to the way it was before the witches. They want the witches to have not even existed. You can't even root for the so-called heroes of the movie, especially ghost girl Emily, the girl that gets murdered at the beginning of the first Hocus Pocus. She doesn't even have a line, and then she gets murdered. We don't know anything about her. We should just care about her because she's young, white, and pretty. I mean, they didn't do the remake with the shitty kids from the first one. Sorry, Thora Birch. People don't dress up as Max or ghost girl Emily because the Sanderson sisters are just better characters. They are the glue holding this franchise together. So let's talk about the second Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus 2. Clever. This is where we get some actual character development and understand why the sisters pursue youth and beauty. We flash back to when the Sanderson sisters were young girls. They were orphans and Winifred had just turned 16 and therefore old enough to be married off to a 15-year-old, I guess. I've been told I'm getting... Old, and I must marry John Pritchett. But Winifred doesn't want to be married to the guy they set her up with, and she doesn't want her sisters to go live with another family. In this scene, we also see multiple people call a 16-year-old girl ugly, so... It's very clear why Winifred would want to be young and beautiful, because maybe if she is beautiful, the whole town will see her for who she really is instead of something they fear and hate. Maybe she would stop getting shot upon and being a scapegoat. Winifred is the de facto leader, not just because she's the oldest. She is also the one who refuses to be stepped on. She values herself because of her own powers and her own inner fabulousness. Even though Winifred is smart and determined, she is constantly dismissed because she is ugly. Mary, played by Kathy Najimny, doesn't go on as much of an emotional journey. She plays a part of the emotional placator. She's the glue that holds them all together. She's the sweetest and dopiest one, and she is Winifred's emotional caretaker. Explain it beautifully, Winnie, the way you sort of started out with the adventure part, and then you sort of slowly... Explain what? She's the one in the first movie who suggests the sisters join in a calming circle. I have an idea. Since this promises to be a most dire and stressful evening, I suggest we form a calming circle. I am calm! Oh, sister, 
Thou art not being honest with thyself, are we? Huh? Huh? Come on. Give, give us one. Think soothing thoughts. Rabbit bat. Yum. Black death. Mummy scorpion pie. Sarah, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, reprises one of her stock characters from the 90s, the complete dits. We are just three kindly old spitzer ladies. Spending a quiet evening at home. Sucking the lives out of little children. Sarah Sanderson is also boy crazy. Sometimes she's a little too eager to play with teenage boys. Hang them on a hook and let me play with them. No! Problematic. But she's the one who embraces all things pleasure, something women usually aren't encouraged to do. If you punish women for aging and for not living up to the standard of beauty, not just ignore them for that, but punish and abuse, it's only a matter of time before they fight back, like the Sanderson sisters. For these characters, the appeal of witchcraft and witchery was shedding the stifling rules of the community in which they lived and being who they actually were. That's what I love about the flashback in the beginning of the second movie. It shows us that Winifred was always exaggerated and theatrical, someone who took up space unapologetically. She found a way to be herself in a world that wanted her to be quieter, look a certain way, and behave the way they said she should. Too often, women are expected to take any treatment they are given and to bear unfair treatment because it's their lot in life. But Winifred, Sarah, and Mary got a taste of a different life, one they chose for themselves, and they go to extreme lengths to keep it. And maybe, just maybe, shed a little bit of light on how we can take back the term witch. We'll see you next time.